Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, let's get straight into it. Coach, good evening. Thanks for being able to speak to us tonight on SAFM. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks, Coach. It's a pleasure to be speaking to you tonight. Are you on a bit of a break after the URC or are you still working? Now we had a break for, for three weeks, uh, but we just started on Monday again with our preseason. So, yeah, this this was basically week one for us. So the boys had a, a tough week. Uh, yeah, but hopefully they got a weekend out to recover and uh, then we can start again on Monday. Okay, it's been an interesting week also because we saw that the draw for the new competition has come out. So the Lions know who they'll be playing in the EPCR Challenge Cup. You've got Stade de France and the Worcester Warriors. Um, what, what will be different with this competition compared to the URC? Yeah, I think uh, for starters, uh, we're going to play against French teams. And uh, yeah, so that I think the players are excited when we when we saw the draw and announced it uh, to the players. They they were really excited about uh, just the opportunity to, to play against French teams and obviously the, the English teams. So yeah, uh, yeah, different challenge in the, just the way they play. Uh, we know the French, they love to, to have a go and uh, throw the ball around. Uh, English teams, yeah, what can we expect? Uh, sort of a kicking game, uh, physical forwards up front and backs that can also have a go. And, and what do you take out of the URC, coach? You had an indifferent campaign, slow start, but came back strongly, especially at home. You picked up some big results also. What, what lessons do you take out of the URC as a, as a union, as a team? I think that probably the biggest lesson is uh, just to, to adapt to the refs. I think the, the way they interpret the, interpreted the, the laws and just getting used to how they see it and how they refer it. Yeah, and I think secondly, um, you, you play week in and week out, you play against teams that will challenge you in a different way. So, uh, yeah, for the players just to be adaptable and uh, from our side to make sure we prepare the team well. And talking about preparing the team well, you are part of the coaching staff, backline, attack and skills coach. I know there's Jacques Fourie also there. What are the roles? What exactly is, is your role then at the Lions, coach? Yeah, my, my role is basically I'm looking after the attack and the, and the, and the backs. Uh, so if they, they, if they look for someone to blame in terms of not scoring tries, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the go-to guy. So, so, but yeah, my role is to look after the attack and uh, I'm also looking after the kicking game. Um, a small role in terms of that. Yeah, from uh, from Jacques' side, is basically just defence. Uh, mm. Yeah, my, my job is to make sure we score lots of tries. Okay, great stuff. Looking forward to lots of tries for the Lions then uh, next uh, season. We have the box playing tomorrow, coach, against Walls. Just firstly, just your thoughts on the team that's been selected. Yeah, if you, if you look at the team across the board, just experience. And uh, I think the 10, 15... Uh, combination uh, with, with Alton and D- uh, Damien. Uh, what I read into that is definitely that we're going to have a, a go. We're going to play a bit, and uh, obviously the time must be it must be on, uh, as we say. Uh, but it's definitely a, a tried and tested combination in terms of the 23. But then the obvious uh, one for me is definitely the bench. Uh, mm. So the last 20 minutes will be interesting. Yeah, he's going to change the, the front row again at half time and then yeah, uh, bring yeah. the pick there. He's gone for a 6-2 split. But it's interesting you mentioned 10 and 15. Are you surprised that there seem to be some questions about Elton starting at 10? No, I, I don't think so. And I think there's, there might be a reason. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the coaches, uh, in terms of Andre Pollard, there must be an obvious reason why they didn't select him for, for this game. But uh, Elton showed in the past um, his skill set in terms of uh, the attacking game and then obviously his kicking game. Uh, around about, uh, if you look at his attacking kicks, uh, he's a threat with that. He's a threat with ball in hand. 
and he showed with his goal kicking that uh, yeah, it's, it's up to a good standard. Having played the Welsh teams in the URC, they also didn't do well in the Six Nations. Can they cause the box any trouble? I, I believe so. I think uh, from our experience, uh, coaching against the uh, uh, coaching against Wales is. Uh, it's always an arm wrestle. They, uh, for some reason, they they always uh, bring their best. They bring their A game when they play us, um, and I'm sure that it won't be any different tomorrow. They they went with Dan Bigger at ten. He's an experienced guy with lots of uh, a range of, of skills uh, in terms of his kicking, his passing game. So I think they will definitely try and target our back three with uh, high kicks and long kicks. Uh, and I think Damien will be. He's a perfect fit at fullback. Uh, any poor kick will be turning will be turned into points. Okay, that's, those are the views of Coach Ricardo Lopsha. We just wanted to get his thoughts on the draw for the new competition. The Lions and the Cheetahs will be playing in and also just the box. But we've invited him just to talk a little bit about his career and look back at his uh, career here. Let's start with the coaching, Coach Ricardo. Is it something you always wanted to do after your playing days? No, not really. Um, <laughs> my background is uh, I'm, I'm a qualified teacher, a phys ed teacher. So I, I don't know, for some reason, while I was still playing, and this is now for Eastern Province, um, uh, I got involved with uh, one of the local schools, and uh, I think there was an under-13 side. So, and then, obviously, now you, you work out a few plays, and uh, it worked out, and you score a few tries, and I think that's where everything started for me. So I, I fell in love with the game, firstly as a player and then as a coach. So I was lucky when I when I retired. I, I had an opportunity to start at the Bulls with Heineken Meyer. So it was my first two years was uh, with the Super Rugby team, and then I got involved with the Vodacom sides, the junior sides, which I really enjoyed. Um, I, I'm a big believer that you you got to earn your stripes, and I think those years spending with the junior sides, uh, with the Vodacom side, uh, it, it definitely helped my uh, shape my career. And and which coach would you say had the biggest impact on you as a player? Yeah, sure. It's it's a tough question. Uh, I must say, working with Heidecker um, was definitely one of the highlights for me. And uh, I think till when was it? Probably last year. I still had opportunity to be involved uh, or to work with him again. Uh, he's obviously now in America working with the Sabercats in Houston. But um, he's definitely one of the influences um, in my career as a, as a coach um, and as a player. So I enjoyed my time with him, and I think that um, I had so many other. I was blessed to work with so many other coaches. So what you do is you try and pick up, um, or try to learn, or pick up small things, subtle things they're doing, and try and add it to your career or your style. And and you also served under him when he was board coach, right? Between 2012 and 2015. Yeah, yeah. I've I've worked at the Bulls for I think it's between six and seven years. And I was very fortunate uh, in my time with the Bulls that uh, just to get the opportunity to work with him. And obviously, from there, we went to the Springboks. Um, we had four brilliant years. And uh, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot. And and yeah, I think I'm in a position now to share my experience uh, with the younger players. Uh, yeah, and hopefully we can do better. We're satisfied with our first season. I just think we just lost the line there. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We'll try and reconnect with Coach Ricardo Lopsha. But those who remember Ricardo Lopsha will remember that EP team back in the day, the likes of Dion Kaiser, Alistair Kutsia would have been in that team also with Coach Ricardo Lopsha. Do give us a call on 011-714-2006. Any comments, any questions you might have for the coach or you can send us your voice notes on WhatsApp on 061 4104
Zansi's sporting milestones, moments and stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. Guess what? You won't be, actually you will believe it. <laughs> He's been load shaded. <laughs> Coach Ricardo Lobsha, we've just lost connection because of load shading, but we're going to try and uh, get him back on the line. It'll be interesting to also get his thoughts on just what's happening with the rugby in the region, you know, because like I said earlier on, rugby was thriving back in the days of uh, the coach of Coach Ricardo Lobsha EP. We know the whole Eastern Cape was a hotbed of rugby. Um, in South Africa, but most of the players from that part of the country now have moved on to other provinces or other unions. And it seems like every single year rugby in the region is always starting from scratch, is always starting from, from, from the bottom. But there has been a little bit of progress made now. Uh, so we do hope that uh, we can return rugby in that uh, region to its former glory. By the way, while we try to get him back on the line, um, if you missed the big coaching announcement today, Cabo Zondo is the new coach of Royal AM. We'll try and see if we can catch up with him just towards the end of the sh- towards the end of 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 the show. If we have a couple of minutes, we will try and speak to Coach Cabo Zondo. Plus, from the past. For some people, but if you do listen to the show, you'll know that he's been on the show here, um, uh, Coach Cabo Zondo, especially when we were dissecting Vision 2022. He was one of our guests guests there, and uh, he gave us some great insight also on what's happening with South African football over the years. So it's not a man who's been lost to the game. He's actually been there, even though not in the high-profile positions that we were ex- we, we, we've known him to be in previous years or previous seasons. We've got a caller on the line. Colin, good evening, sir. Good evening. No, I know you haven't got a guest to talk about uh, tomorrow's rugby. We can talk to but, you, Colin. Yes, but uh, what I would like to say is, do you know something? Um, I went through the team, mm. and uh, I don't know if Lee Nama is 100%. What I predict tomorrow mm. is going to be a tough first test. Really? Yes. It's not going to be a runaway. They are number eight uh, in the in the uh, six nations. They lost to Italy, eh? Yes. Yeah, Italy beat them and all. But you know, you always come back for revenge. Mm. These guys didn't come here just to uh, have a holiday. I predict mm. a very tough game. And then uh, what I predict after that is a second test or a third test, we will run away with them. Mm. Okay, Colin. We'll, we'll, we'll pull out this clip because you were right last week with the Pumas. So yeah. so I don't want to go against you, but I still think the box will win by at least 10. 32, 37, 10 or something like that. It's going to be a close game. Okay, okay. You're giving it, give, it will give Dean Armour... A, a bit of uh, f- uh, food for thought. Uh. You know what I mean? Because okay, Colin. Okay, Colin. That's Colin's view. It's going to be close. The box will edge it, according to him, if I had him correctly. 37-32. Um, let's see what happens tomorrow. But we've got Coach Ricardo Lobsha back on the line there. Coach, we were just talking about coaching, and I just wanted to find out, um, if you are backline or skills coach, do you have to go equip yourself with qualifications, or do you rely on the knowledge of having played the game? No, definitely. If you want to become a coach, uh, I'm sure everywhere in the world, uh, you have to qualify. 
So whether it's your level one, level two, or level three, um, yeah, you have to have the right qualifications. And I think it's just a bonus if you've played a game. So uh, yeah, in terms of that, you can. That's always a good point of reference for you uh, falling back onto your experience. Talking about experience, I want to go back to those heydays of EP rugby. But I always <laughs> thought you were from PE because that's where I first saw you play. But I was, we were doing some research and we found out you're not actually from PE. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, yeah, when I when I when you meet people, they think, oh, but you're from PE because <laughs> that's probably where I played most of my rugby. But uh, now I grew up in the Karua. Um, I'm a Goldsburg boyki, so oh. we love our Karua. <laughs> Um, choppies, so yeah, that's why I grew up and spent most of my, my, my childhood days. Yeah, and, and I would think then the love for rugby runs in the family because your father also played the game. Yeah, my father, my father played, my brother played, and I think he's, he definitely had a big influence on my, uh, my choice of sports, if I can call it that way. Um, yeah, just to see them playing um, uh, on weekends, and, and then obviously as a boy, uh, you want to be like your father, that's your role model, and um, uh, with your friends, uh, I'm going to play the same position as my father. So that's exactly what we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was never, never at that stage that it was to become a Springbok one day. As uh, yeah, it was all about just having fun with your friends. And uh, yeah, you, you you go out in the morning and you come only you come back in the afternoons if it's holiday, and, and that's where you spend most of your time on the rugby field. So was he also a fullback? Yeah, he played centre. Uh, Funny <laughs> enough, he was a uh, he was. Uh, <laughs> It was an inside centre, and, and obviously I've done the same thing, uh, mm. uh, playing for my primary school. And eventually uh, I moved to the wing and uh, played a bit of flav. I played fullback. So the only position I didn't really play was uh, was scrum off. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but uh, no, uh, I enjoyed my time, and uh, yeah, I, I won't swap it for anything. And and which position did you did you prefer? I must say fullback. Uh, I really enjoy that. Um, and initially, I played Flav um, at high school. In my final year, sort of, uh, what is it now, grade 11, uh, grade 12, sort of that time, um, my my coach moved me to fullback. And uh, yeah, from there onwards, uh, I started playing fullback. I played club rugby uh, myself, Dion Kaiser. We In played, yeah, we also I also played. Not a lot of people know that I played for Zwickau United, <laughs> so I played one season for them. But uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed my time, and that uh, looking back now, they definitely shaped my career as a player. Yeah, and you mentioned Dion Kays. I mean, I remember a little bit of that EP team with Chad Alcock, the scrum half there. Maybe that's yeah. why you never got to play scrum half. And <laughs> <laughs> there would have been probably Alistair Kutsia towards the end of his career there. Uh, I think Buxton Nell was Buxton Nell part of that team. Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> part of that team. And uh, no, I was I was very fortunate. Uh, Alistair Kutsia was sort of was sort of his last season or two um, uh, in his playing day. So we played for P. Harlequins, uh, and he was my captain. And then eventually he moved on to to, to become one of the the coaches at EP. Mm. Uh, myself, Dion Kaiser, Henry Pedri, uh, we were the the back three, and uh, yeah, so we had fun. I must say, uh, it's going to sound uh, sound funny now. That if if I got dropped uh, playing for EP, I was happy to go back to Harlequins. Why? Because then, <laughs> uh, because the the style of rugby, the way they played, yeah. it, it really suited my style. So I enjoy that. But uh, looking back now. Um, yeah, that was fun. We really had uh, a lovely time playing for, for Harlequins and obviously playing for EP. 
And and what made rugby so special at that time, especially that EP team? Because you used to get crowds to the Butarasma Stadium. People would sit in the train there watching you, but it's not the same these days. No, I must uh, I think that the, the Leighton Abdul's and Fred Timmons, uh, Henry Pedro, uh, there was a lot of uh, following from uh, from our club, uh, our loyal supporters. Uh, supporters. Um, so we had a lot of support, uh, either whether it's Harlequins or uh, EP playing. Um, they will come and watch our games and support us. So, yeah, I think that's also the way uh, EP played those days. We always had a big pack. Um, uh, Jock Reef played number eight, Chad mm-hmm. Alcock. Um, so we, uh, Neely Schmidt was one of our coaches. Uh, he loved a big pack of forwards. Um, and then obviously the back three with big centers getting gain line, uh, quick, uh, quick outside backs. Uh, but what's, what was funny was Nelly Smith used to say on a Monday evening, he said, boys, the first hour of training, that's, that's for all the castles and the black label. So we gotta get out of, we get that out of your system and then we can start training. Um, yeah, that's, that, that was Nelly Smith for you. And the big lock, Adel Geldenes, was he also there at the time? I must say, I was, I was so scared because I, when I got to, into the team for the first time, uh, I'm sitting with Adel Geldenes <laughs> and all these big names, uh, Armand Dupree is a Willie Mayer, and you're thinking, okay, what can I say something here? No, <laughs> those guys were big names in EP rugby, South African rugby, and all you wanted, my job was basically, I'm just there to, to do my job and just to make sure that uh, you, feel, uh, you you do your role, you know, so you, you didn't say, you, you were so scared to say anything. You look at the size of them and you think, okay, I'm going to keep quiet and just do my job. <laughs> yeah, I keep remembering the names as we go along, but what a team uh, that, yeah. that, 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 that was. But how do you feel, Coach, about where rugby in the region is at the moment? Yeah, I must say, uh, looking, if you look back now, the last few years, and I know Tandem Manana is doing a, he did a great job, mm. and uh, I've just read somewhere in the media that he's, 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 he's done. Mm. He's leaving. Um, yeah, and, it's, and uh, he was doing some great work just to get EP back to those days. Um, the, let's call it now the days where EP was still dominant, and uh, you know, when you get to the Booty Rasmus, uh, you're going to play a game there. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough afternoon. But I, I guess with. A lot of players leaving the region and it's almost like, okay, who's next? So it's just a succession planning. Um, I was actually pleasing to see now, I didn't follow all the games, but I think it's the second division or first division. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost in the finals. Mm-hmm. So it was really, that's good to see. And it looks like from the outside in, uh, it looks like people want to get EP back to, to winning ways again. Yes, we need EP back to winning ways. Do you remember the game you played against the Scotland 15 with Gavin Hastings and all those guys? In PE? Yeah, I must say that I was surprised the other day someone at work sent me, a, I think it was a, just a short video clip of the British and Irish Lions when they yeah. toured 1997. Yeah. Um, we still had, uh, of course, we playing, any LaRue played in game. Um, so we had a few guys from the Lions. No, I must say, um, looking back, um, you're just grateful just to to have or to have the opportunity to be part of that, and um, yeah, so I, I must say I enjoyed it. I just remember you scoring against Scotland. I was a lighty there, but I was there. I remember <laughs> you scoring in one of those games there. Coach Ricardo Lopcha, those who remember him, do um, weigh in. 061-4104-107 is the number for voice notes. You can call us on 011-714-2006. But then you left the region, Coach Ricardo. Where did you go first? Did you go to the Cats? 
Yeah, I was, uh, the way it worked was uh, EP was part of the, the let's say the Sharks region. Um, but I was, um, I, I went to the Cats. So I spent a season with the Cats and the next season I obviously went to the Sharks. Um, yeah, it was, the Cats was a combination of the Lions, Cheetahs, Griquas. So we had um, different uh, bases where we were based in Joburg. Then we went to Kimberley, Bloom. Uh, but I, it was a tough competition, and I think it was really tough as a to play to play well as a team because we had different players from different teams. So that was that was a massive challenge for us. And where did they play you when you went to the Cats? Um, I played on the wing. Um, I played fullback, so it was in the back three. Okay, and then you made the move to the Sharks when it was still uh, Super Twelve there. How was it at the Sharks? Because you had a Springbok in tennis Delport there. Yeah, just signing for the Sharks and you, you, you walk into that uh, team room and you see uh, guys like um, Stephen Terblanche, Gaffi uh, de Twain. Um, then you realize you, you're in big company. Yeah, so, uh, But uh, I enjoyed my time at EP and uh, I could always have that. My time with EP was my sort of uh, my point of reference uh, in terms of experience. So um, then you know you gotta you gotta really play out of your boots here because uh, you got all these spring box around you, but that was also good for my game because um, uh, where you if you played say for instance you played when I played for EP, uh, I might be I might be getting the ball three times in a game, whereas in a when you play for the Sharks, you, you get the ball six times in one half. Um, so, and, <laughs> and on top of that, you, you, when you play for EP, you defend most of the time. So. <laughs> but true. in answer, that made me a better player, I believe. Mm. Um, when I w went to the Sharks, uh, yeah, you just sit with, uh, you look around you and you, there's, there's probably 13, 14 Springboks around you. Did you move the same time as Dion Kayser? No, Dion left uh, before me. Oh, um, he was there at least, I think, two years before me. Yeah. yeah. And and how was your your relationship or your friendship with Dion Kaiser? Because you're always so synonymous with each other. When you think Dion Kaiser, you think Ricardo Lopcha in the other way. No, I must say we uh, we don't we don't speak often now. But uh, my time in Durban, now we we spend a lot of time together. And and that, yeah, that's it's basically it started playing for Harlequins uh, all the way Eastern Province. Uh, uh, we didn't play for the box together, but we played a lot of rugby for the SAA side or SA under twenty threes. Those days they have those sides, mm. and obviously playing for the Sharks. So now we we tight uh, if we if you can call it that way. And what a lot of people might not be aware is that you also played for the SA student sides, SA sevens. You played for the Barbers also. How was that? Exp those experiences? Yeah, um, the way it happened was that I wasn't initially part of that SA students uh, squad. Um, someone got in injured from, um, I think it's uh, from the Sharks. Ah. Um, and then I was uh, I was called up to the squad, um, played my first game against Russia, scored a hat-trick. And yeah, and from there it was just all the way to the final playing against uh, the, the French where we lost. Uh, but um where uh, if you look if you look into the history now you'll find there's a lot of uh, big names that actually played for the for the student teams mm. so was that a great foundation then how, how how good a foundation was it for your rugby i, I must say brilliant uh, and that was sort of uh, like you can call it this way that was my break it was uh, on tv um i played fullback i played on the wing uh, so that was good exposure for me 
Um, after that, uh, I played um, club jams. I went to the Sharks. Um, so that was really my break, if you can put it that way. Okay, we've got a couple of voice notes here for Coach Ricardo Lobsha, 061-4104-107, as we just trace back his journey there and his career where it all started and how it turned out. Okay, um, look, Ricardo Lobsha was one of those outside backs who just played um, in the wrong era. Uh, look, the time with which he played the, for the Springboks between 2002-2003 was a very rough era for South African rugby under um, uh, Rudolf Stroyli at the time. So it was one of those. And once Rudolf uh, moved off the coaching scene, there was Percy Montgomery came back. So, yeah, he was a very good player, very good player, very solid player. But it was just a right player at the wrong time. One would feel that if he played in a different era, he would have been utilized better. But, yeah, it, those things happen again, but he was a very, very, very good player. Yeah, that's quite interesting because when you spoke to Connie Kricher the other week and we spoke to, to Brayton also, they also have similar things to say about this era of Rudolf Strauli. Uh, Coach, what do you make of that voice note? <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can uh, understand where he's coming from and I agree with him. But it was really a tough time for us. Not a settled time in terms of uh, Springbok rugby. So we went through a lot. Um, I was part of uh, Kam Saldrat uh, mm. and then uh, Rudolf was the coach. But uh, yeah, I think the, um, if you look back now, you, you think there are players or uh, players that you played with and some, some of the guys that you know, they, they would love to have one cap for the box. Um, I'm thinking of a guy like Charles van Rensburg who I played with at mm. uh, at the Sharks, uh, brilliant player, unbelievable guy, um, but he never had opportunity to play. But he was good enough. But he also played um, those days. It was Rasi Rasmus. It was Andre Fenter. Those guys. So, yeah. So if I if you ask me if I want to change it, no, I won't. I won't change it for anything. But uh, yeah, obviously you want to play more tests and um, uh, whether it's fifty or hundred. Uh, yeah, we all got those those uh, goals. Okay, mm. we're just going to take a quick break. Still in conversation with Coach Ricardo Lobsha. We'll continue after this break. Still send us your voice notes 0614104107. Okay, still in conversation with the coach. Let's play the voice note. Good evening, Katlejo and the team, and good evening to the to the man himself, Ricardo Lobsha. Uh, well, as uh, I can recall. Uh, by the way, it's Brayton Paul's here. As I can recall, Ricardo <laughs> was the ultimate professional. You know, the man was built uh, like uh, Hussein Bolt back in the day. <laughs> uh, you know, that's how uh, professional he was. And uh, just his humility and uh, his work ethic. At a time where it was very, very difficult, you know, for, for, for colored and black players to be part of a system that was really, really hard to understand. Uh, so I can... I can Kindly say that Ricardo was also one of those pioneers who always want, wanted to do better for the next man, his teammate. He believed in the system and he sacrificed a lot for a lot of people by doing that. So from my side, Ricardo, I can tell you know all the listeners and all the people uh, that know you that uh, we can only say thank you for what you've done for the game of rugby and continue to do now with the coaching. Uh, you're a man of integrity and for that we salute you and uh, may God continue to bless you, brother. Cheers.
Okay, that's a nice one. We had Brayton Pulsa a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> Coach. He was also our guest on this show. Is there some kind yeah. of words to say about you there? <laughs> no, he's, he's, uh, no, I appreciate that, uh, especially it's coming from Brayton. We were roomies, um, roommates, obviously, yeah. in the World Cup. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely one of the guys that I looked up to. Uh, he, uh, he was there, um, just the ex- his experience, uh, knowing the system, how to operate. And just uh, if you look at his career, what he achieved, uh, well, we can just applaud him for that. Um, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. What what more can I say? I'm speechless. I think the uh, yeah, Brady definitely. He's definitely one of the pioneers of South African rugby. Did you play sevens with him? Yeah, we played sevens. Yeah, we also <laughs> played. Uh, <laughs> we played in. Uh, I think it was a two thousand um, and one. Yeah, two thousand and one. Uh, mm. We played in. Uh, in the World Cup, and that was in Argentina, Mar del Plata, and uh, yeah, we, we had one hell of a team on paper. Um, Brayton was there, myself, Chester, Williams, uh, Bobby Skinstead, uh, I forgot, maybe just remember a few names, but mm-hmm. uh, on paper, one hell of a team. But when we, uh, we got to the, I think it was the quarters, we played against Argentina, and they just played us off our feet in that quarterfinal, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, a great, great bunch of guys, and we had uh, we had a lovely time playing for the Springbok Sevens. Is another one that we also felt probably didn't get as many opportunities, especially when it came to World Cups. But he doesn't like to complain much. Brayton Paulson, overall coach, though, how do you look back at your international career with the box? Yeah, grateful for the opportunity to, to obviously play um, a few few caps or have have a few caps for the box, but. Uh, Looking back now, um, you want to play more, and I think uh, just to, if you can have, if you can rewind it now, you would love to have another another go, another shot. Um, but uh, as I said, some players uh, they, they had brilliant careers, but they never had the opportunity to play for the box. Uh, so I'm grateful for my time. Um, if I have to have it over again, I will definitely do it. And I believe in uh, I believe in those hardships um, because that's that's. That's what's shaping you or shape you to become a better person and a better player. And how was the experience of the of the World Cup in 03 that you went to? Yeah, we had a, we had a great time. Um, I must say, I didn't enjoy the... Uh, although I, I love my exercise and I, I love being in the gym and out on the field. But then month uh, just before the World Cup, was a, I promise you, it was a, it was a tough time for all of us. Uh, straight mm-hmm. after Calm started, we, had a, we went to a camp for four I think it's four weeks in Durban. We were based in Durban, and we just had a tough time boxing in the morning, training hard. Uh, but it was—I must say—that was also one of the times that I was—I've been the fittest, mm. uh, uh, being with the box, um, uh, the Sharks, uh, playing for Eastern Province. So, no, great time. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get the results that we would love to. Have. Um, but um, as I said, I will never, never swap the experience for anything. Okay, and as we wrap up, Coach, now just some quick-fire questions. Who's the best player that you played with? Sure, you're asking me a tough question now. <laughs> <laughs> you're putting me on the Your spot. Your doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, no, I think I'm going to try and answer this way instead of mentioning names. I think mm-hmm. the, um, all the guys that um, created opportunities for me, I would, I would... So yes, all those guys, uh, some of the best guys that I've played with that, um, that made me look good, uh, mm-hmm. provided opportunities for me and allow me to, to, have, this, to, to have a wonderful uh, career um, on and off the field.
Okay, that's a fair answer. Toughest, toughest opponent? Sure, I'm, <laughs> you're asking tough questions today. Yes, and, <laughs> and there are more coming. <laughs> yeah, I must say that um, play against the Hurricanes, uh, Joe Lomu is definitely, I'm sitting with a great two AC joints uh, <laughs> injury. <laughs> Tana Umaga. Um, yeah, Tano Marcus. So I was uh, I made my debut for the Sharks and uh, who played opposite me, Tano Marcus. So I was lucky in that game. He sort of uh, what we call looking for work, work, work right off the ball and just looking for opportunities on the other side. So I I never had to make a tackle on him. So I was fortunate in that debut. But that was also my my first game for that tour. That was my first and my last game for the Sharks. After that, Jake White sent me home. He said, "Listen." Uh, you're not good enough. Go back to Eastern Province. Go work on your defense. Sort it out. <laughs> oh, that's tough. That's tough. Talking yeah. about Eastern Province, is it safe to say that's where you played your best rugby? Yeah. Unfortunately, um, I want to say the following is that a lot of those games, um, I really had fun and I enjoyed it, but not a lot of those games were televised. Mm. Um, so, but... Uh, I don't worry about that. Uh, looking back now, it was more about just uh, having a, a, a nice time uh, with, your, your, with your mates, um, having fun, enjoy it. Um, yeah, just give the best version of yourself on the field. And we're leaving the best for last or the second best for last, coach. We just always try. There's been a long-standing debate here and we don't know who's right or who's wrong. But if you had to pick one, one scrum half, Furi Dupree or Jos van der Vesteisen? <laughs> You're asking tough <laughs> questions. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was lucky enough to play with both, um, but then you can't compare the two. Um, mm. If you look at Jus, um, just his individual brilliance, um, ball in hand. For he was uh, just a master tactician. Uh, his reading of the game, his vision, uh, how he. He understood the game and just to take the right option at the right time. So I'm, I'm definitely going to go for both. Uh, so I can't pick <laughs> between the two. So I'm going to sit. I'm sitting on the fence here. Um, okay. Yeah. So US, US was my captain in the World Cup. Um, I was fortunate to play with Furi and uh, also coach him uh, for a few years. You scored a lot of tries, though. Why? Why was that? I think it was just his uh, his ability to to spot gaps and uh, his. He was one, definitely one of the fittest players. His reading of the game, uh, he's a, he's a, he's, he was a big guy. He's a physical guy. Mm. So he could, uh, just his speed of the mark was unbelievable. He was a quick guy. Yeah. And, and also, we actually didn't touch on the fact that you actually went to France to coach, to coach in France. Was it Stade de France? Yeah, Stade Francais. Oh, um, Stade Francais, the same team you're going to play in the new competition. <laughs> <laughs> How did so I miss we that? Were, yeah, we were following the draw on uh, yeah on TV, and then uh, what a surprise to yeah to play against my old team. Uh, so now definitely got. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I made some friends on that side, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that first game. And how was the experience that side, and how different was it from what we are doing here? I think from the from the coaching side, not a not a massive. Uh, Difference for me is exactly what we're doing, um, whether it's coaching at, at the Lions now or coaching at the Bulls. It's, it's more or less the same. I think the biggest challenge was uh, around the culture, the language. Um, so it's tough when you don't speak the language. Um, so in hindsight now, probably a better option would be when you go there, make, make sure at least you... I've tried to, to do it, um, but uh, if you can understand at least the, the basics, that, that will make a massive difference.
Okay. Somebody says I must ask you also about the best player you've coached, having worked with Brian Habana and also Ofri Dupree comes up again, but it doesn't have to be one of those two. They want to know who's the best player that you've coached. Um, if I'm thinking of, I really had a, a lot of respect. Um, if you think a guy like Brian Habana, so just his, uh, the mutual respect uh uh, whether it's from our side or his side, um, I, I really enjoyed working with him. Um, he was always one of my guys. Uh, if I wanted the team to to hear something, he was my go-to guy. Mm. Um, he will always say the right thing at the right time. So I really enjoyed working with him. Just another question here is: Please ask. Or is it okay? Please ask the coach. Oh, please ask the coach for some advice for a young fullback. What is key in this position, and what skill set is needed as a fullback? I think we to start. Off, let's start with defence. So, just your aerial skills. You have to be good on the high ball. Um, that last, you the last line of defence. So, your one v one tackling. That uh, you have to be outstanding with that. Um, your kicking game, where it's um, nowadays. Coaches prefer to go with a, a right foot and a left footer. So whether it's 10 left footer um, or 15 li- uh, right or left. Uh, but what we'll find is that um, if, you, if, you, if you have the opportunity to work with a fullback as left footer, that will give you more options. And obviously your 10 is right footed. Um, but then on attack is about just uh, turning defense into attack, your ability to counter attack, working off the ball, be a second playmaker in your in your system. Um, yeah, so you you the guy in terms of getting the team on the front foot where from long kicks and try and counter attack from the back. Okay, and we've got a blast from the past here that says, "Ask Coach Ricardo if he remembers his days at Dawa College of Education." Yeah, definitely. Uh, so those days. Uh, I just call it in Afrikaans, they call it cook and beer. It's basically, I played for, for the college team and we were like a sort of a fourth side playing for Harlequins. So on a Saturday, um, it's all about just having fun with your mates and afterwards the guys will have a few beers. But uh, it wasn't like uh, high standard, but it was all about it, just having fun. Eventually from there, um, I was fortunate enough to, to get selected for Harlequins because we were part of the Harlequins region, um, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I enjoyed my time there. Uh, but as I said, it's, it's, it was all about just having fun, uh, playing with your mates. Is that where you said you, you started to be a teacher? Yes, uh, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Dow College is... Uh, um, it's a college for, for... If you want to become a teacher, you, that's where you go. And that's also where... Uh, uh, where I ended up playing for for Zwede United, so we had a coach. Um, he was part of the. He was also a student, but he was uh, one of the coaches uh, involved with uh, Zwede United. So one of one of my mates uh, after training in the afternoons, we would go uh, train in the evenings with uh, Zwede United. We played one season for them, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's also I must say that's that's uh, one of my seasons where we played. We played against an English team. Um, they were touring South Africa. Uh, I think it's Black Youth United from England. Mm. Uh, but we got a proper hiding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were too good for us. <laughs> Did you play against African Bombers back in the days? 
Yeah, yeah, we did. We did play against uh, African Bombers. Uh, what a team. tough team. What a team. Uh, yeah, physical guys. Um, yeah, you know, you're in for a challenge if you play against them. Yeah. Talking about physical guys, I'm reminded of Andy Lenyembezi, the, the loose forward. He would have been around there, your time coach. No, we played all my time uh, at Harlequins. Um, I know Andile was always the guy starting just the, the vibe in the change room before the game. <laughs> he was the guy bringing the vibe, singing before we go out into the field. Uh, no, um, definitely one of the big names of South African rugby. Yeah, one of the guys who doesn't get the respect that he deserves. But that's why we brought you on here, Coach, just to give you the respect that you deserved. Uh, you played some good rugby during during your time, true professional of the game, like we heard from some of the voice notes and also uh, Brayton Pulse. And we just wanted to highlight what you've done and most importantly, just give you the respect uh, that you deserve. Saying thank you for the memories also. Yeah, thank you very much, Tabiso. I must say it, uh, it's, it's always special. And uh, yeah, and thanks for, for having me on this program. It's always a pleasure. You're going to get us in touch with Dion Kaiser next time, eh? Yes, yeah, I can, we can definitely do that. Yeah, I want to ask him about that, that Robbie flag tackle. <laughs> I don't know if he still wants to talk about that but yeah, yeah good man he's a good, good man, man yeah. no thanks coach uh, thanks for taking our call and for give, giving us some of your time good luck with the new season and the new competition uh, for the Lions thank you very much appreciate it okay thanks coach Ricardo Lobsha there I know him as a fullback but he was a utility player uh, also played in the wing there and he tells us where it all started I also learned a few things today I always thought Ricardo Lobsha was from a PE didn't know he was from uh, Colesberg. I don't know a lot of people from Colesberg. It's always that, that, that small town that you just drive past and stop at the filling station, but it's produced uh, legends here like Ricardo Lobsha. Maybe didn't play enough time for the box. Was it four caps, Katlejo? Four, four, four caps, yeah. Four caps went to the World Cup in 2003, but like one of the voice notes, it was actually Kanyiso Chuaku, um, that voice note was saying that he probably played in the wrong era. But rugby in that region was so exciting back in the days. And the more I speak to him, the more I'm reminded of some of our heroes that side, that part of the world when we were growing up, when we used to go to Boot Erasmus Stadium. What's happened to Boot Erasmus Stadium now, eh? Because that stadium produced a lot of memories, including that... Um, that Bok match, Bok against Canada. Who remembers Bull- Bullet? What was Bullet's first name again? Bullet, the hooker that played at the Lions also with a bald head. Um, I'm going to think of his name. Let's take a break.